Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Now, all I can... So, Bill Cooper, Mm -hmm. essentially, has ruined Alex Jones for me, which is very sad for me. Oh, I know. You're devastated. But I will say... His body is oh. the best body in alternative entertainment. Wow. <laughs> Alex Jones has an incredible body, and wow. I celebrate his body, and I'm trying to get it. And I started realizing, you know what you do to get it? What's that? So, so I've been dieting like normal and working out, but what you got to do is a lot of weights that come from your knees up, a uh-huh. lot of holding big, like like you're holding a big woman or a big man, <laughs> and you sh- and they're grinding on you, and you have to keep them from getting off your lap. Like, right? That's like a good a way. Navy SEAL training. That's a good way. And yeah, then it's a I lot see. of high-fat meats. And booze. You're kill- so you're you're going back to your Chris Farley diet. Alex Jones got the way he looks perfect by uh-huh. getting fat on whiskey, which is really <laughs> difficult. Oh, right. That's that's very true. All right, let's move on to before Alex Jones. There was a conspiracy theorist, Bill Cooper. We're on to part two of Bill Cooper, and uh, a lot to get to here. A lot of craziness. And who are you we? Have ben? to introduce. Oh the- my God! They know who we are. Okay, we've had this argument before. There was a whole show intro. Uh-huh. There's no place to escape to. Yeah. Uh-huh. Welcome. It's the last podcast of the left. Our, our name said? Say, you, it, I am Ben Kissel. <laughs> that is Marcus Parks. Which one? Oh. You just pointed at who? That's Marcus Parks. That's Hello. radio. That You're Henry be- Zabrowski. Yeah. I am Ben Kissel. Marcus, speak. Hello. Marcus. Henry, <laughs> speak. Oh. That, that's Henry. We're on to Bill Cooper part two. So before we get into the meat of the episode, we got we got to make one correction right up top. The man who Bill Cooper shot in his final stand did not actually die. Yeah, yeah, he's innocent. That's great. Good no, for he's him. not. No, no, he's still an attempted murderer. Well, you know, yeah, he he's shot him twice a- in the head and he failed. <laughs> but in the end, I think it shows me. It shows me, and it should show all of you. He didn't really want to kill him. He I shot him twice in the head. Well. Yes. <laughs> he didn't shoot him with the singing bullets from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. You don't know what they he were did. trying to kill him. Bill Cooper had his own means and his own ways, and the ways to the means. <laughs> All right. Now, well, in the last episode, we covered a range of chapters from Behold a Pale Horse. On this one, we'll be focusing completely on a chapter called The Secret Government, in which Bill Cooper presents us with the big granddaddy of alien conspiracies. I'm going to say this also up top. If you're listening to this podcast, congratulations. We're very, we're good. We're good at the show. All right. And we, we like to provide content. We do a lot of work. Okay. But what you got to do is stop listening to everything. <laughs> stop listening to everything that you do. The, any, anything. Your parents, your psychology? fucking wife, your <laughs> oh husband. My. Stop listening to these people. Stop listening to the podcast. 
buy a copy of Behold a Pale Horse and read it and then listen to several of his lectures because there's no way you're going to get all of the fun as fuck important details mm-hmm. that should be in the story fun without reading it. Fun as fuck to you. No. <laughs> to everyone <laughs> with a fucking brain. Marcus was pointed at Henry there. <laughs> now, we are going to be covering some ground we've already tread, but it's important to review some of this so we can see the whole picture. That whole picture is how all this specifically, probably, led to the formation of the New World Order. Ooh, NWO. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Uh, the chapter we're talking about was based off a lecture Bill Cooper gave at a MUFON symposium in Las Vegas in 1989, which is ironic considering comments he made further into the chapter. Can but- you imagine what the slot machines looked like during the MUFON conference? <laughs> Sticky. Just, yes, just the <laughs> amount of just, I will have my, I was um, promised a free drink if I'm playing the slots, and I have been playing the slots for two hours, and no one has offered me a free drink. I will say this. I imagine they were unoccupied. Because MUFON members are very serious about attending the lectures. Yes, they that sit is there, true. they buy all the memorabilia, they take a lot of notes. And someone brought up to me on Twitter is that technically, if you were correct in the pronunciation of UFO of UFO, uh, uh-huh. it should be it could be MUFON. But the thing is that MUFON is more about sounds. Right? <laughs> MUFON sounds better than MUFON. Because MUFON just sounds like, yeah. oh man, I can't grow pubes. Yeah. I better put my muff on before I for muffon. <laughs> my girlfriend for my birthday. <laughs> but, Sounds like a, a bizarre attachment to a sex toy. <laughs> but before we get into Bill's very harsh criticisms Uh-oh. of the UFO community, let's take a trip with him all the way back to 1947. Just a seltzer water for me. <laughs> So the total count of extraterrestrial crash landings worldwide that we know of from January 1947 until December of 1952 sits at 16. Okay. Of those 16, 13 were in America. Pay attention. Nice. (laughs) One in Arizona, one in Nevada, and 11 in New Mexico. Indians. The others landed in Old Mexico and Norway, scoring two and one, respectively. Well, how the hell did the one land in Norway? Way <laughs> off course. I don't know. They, they probably thought that they were going to Epcot, and then yeah, they maybe. ended up in shitty real Norway. Actually, that's not, that's not true. Apparently, Norway's very nice. Yeah, very we beautiful. covered it in Norwegian black metal. They said it's a very liberal, lovely, lovely country that's so liberal, it makes people mad. There it is. <laughs> Spread across those 16 ships were 65 aliens, all deceased upon crashing, but one whom we'll get to later. Mm. Two crafts alone, one found near Aztec and the other near White Sands, both in New Mexico, held 17 aliens. All right. Well, or bodies, or mixtures, or, or depending upon, it's either conscious aliens and they're organic robots. If it's grays and whites, if it's possible that it's uh, they're, they're something that just look like humans, <laughs> yeah, they mix. Oh, okay. They have to mix. They're employees, employers. Oh, I see. You and there's rules. Barely yeah. absorb any <laughs> single thing we talk about. Yeah. Yep. But perhaps even more terrifying, besides concrete evidence that alien life existed, was the fact that most of the ships were chock full 
of human body parts. Now, you remember that during, mixed into the alien phenomenon, alien crash phenomenon, there's a lot of uh, animal mutilations and also human mutilations and human implants that are done. And so what, hmm. what they're saying is, is that when they go to these crashes, now and imagine this, right? For some reason, it's all the Navy doing this shit too. It's like the Air Force was like kind of a part of it, but they're only a part of it when they're in the sky. The hmm. Navy handled <laughs> them when they're on the ground, which I don't really understand why, because Navy's... It's for the sea. I think maybe yeah. it's because you can keep a lot more secrets out on the ocean. Well, maybe the government really didn't want them to do a good job, so they brought the people who are good on water to the land and brought the land people to the water. Well, Technically, this- it's, that is sound conspiracy theory thinking. <laughs> it's a thought. Well, the uh, Air Force wasn't actually created until 1947. So by the time mm-hmm. these crash landings happened, then the the Air Force was still a pretty new organization. And some might say that the Air Force might have been created as a direct response to the alien threat. Uh, you might say I'm definitely saying <laughs> and they uh, so the Navy would go and sco- go find these ships that landed or crashed because some of them they found completely intact just there with dead aliens inside of it sometimes they found them all ripped up and they would go and there would be bodies strewn everywhere and they, or the thing would be ripped over to the side like a bunch of aluminum foil because they said the, like in Roswell mm-hmm. it was a very flimsy metallic material that yeah. they all seemed to, somehow the anti-gravitational engines that they use or the weird reactors that only work with water which is huh. apparently a thing that they said that they found these little football shaped things or as Bill Cooper said larger than a football or a small basketball <laughs> oh so maybe like a, a rugby ball yes yeah, so oh, a yeah. rugby ball yeah. that would have been good but he's a Texan so he didn't yeah. give a shit about, so didn't rugby. Think about that. and so they would go and they would they would go through these wreckage they don't know what they're looking at but as they're digging through the wreckage they're finding all these feet and hmm. hands and sh- shit like just in in it. It's like Picton's pig farm. <laughs> yes. And well, it, they got very concerned. So now they realize, oh, this is a part of where the secret keeping mechanism is going to come in. Because up until this point, they were just finding alien bodies and ships, right? And so they were very, like, at this point, it's just like, it's just like a, a question, being like, what the fuck are these ships? What are aliens? Why are they here? They're already panicking. As soon as they right. started finding knees, they knew <laughs> oh, that they, they had to start doing something. It's very serious, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. this, of course, it, it caused quite a bit of alarm. So the government decided to do something about it. That something was the CIA. Ooh, Central Intelligence Agency. Great, Kissel. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. Thank you. <laughs> no so you're just going to sort of try to cling on to the things you sort of understand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the entire purpose of the CIA, at least at first, was to deal with the alien threat that humanity had just been faced with for the first time. It was only later that the whole thing would get out of hand. I don't Uh-oh. know. I feel like once that first alien ship crashes in 1947, shit got out of hand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, all this happened during the Truman administration, and Truman's Secretary of Defense was an honest man named James Forrestal who believed wholeheartedly that the public should know about all this UFO business. He also may have been a little anti-Semitic. <laughs> oh, there was he a was, lot of that. <laughs> he was very much so against the creation of Palestine. Mm, I did not know that. It's interesting. <laughs> Well, if he was against the creation of Palestine, that would make him pro-Israel. It was something. So. There's a lot of complicated issues in that world. Yeah, oh, just the Middle East. I, would, I handle yeah. aliens. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. handle aliens so and UFOs. Can, that's what I understand. Yeah. I started reading about it, and he seemed to be very upset. Well, Truman decided that all this was best left to the shadows, so he forced Forrestal to resign his post. Forrestal then suffered a quote-unquote mental breakdown Uh-oh. and was remanded to the mental ward at Bethesda Naval Hospital. And there, according to Bill Cooper, CIA agents 
agents tied one end of a bedsheet around Forrestal's neck and the other end to a fixture in his hospital room and threw Forrestal out the window. The sheet <laughs> broke and Forrestal fell to his doom. Yes, it and does. people say that the fall caused his death, but actually I think it was the street. <laughs> yeah, it could be. The it's also what's called the probably... CIA Christmas ornament. <laughs> yeah, it is like such a... Uh, ridiculously stupid way for the CIA to kill someone. Yeah, Looney Tunes. Yeah. yeah. But you're going to see a lot of weird logic. And a part of it is sometimes <laughs> the truth is stranger than fiction. So if you want to make a thing mm-hmm. to appear to be the truth, it has to look really weird. Stranger than fiction. <laughs> see? Yeah. Now, Forrestal's diaries, which were full of alien tidbits. It's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> His diaries are like the secret diaries of Laura Palmer or the book about yeah, the yeah. mysteries behind Twin Peaks. Yeah, the yeah, the secret da- yeah, the dossier, the secret dossier, which if you haven't read is fucking great. And the second one is almost even better. And for- right. Forrestal's in there. You gotta remember, Forrestal was trying to, he was going to say like, we need to do something about these aliens. Basically, all of this alien shit started coming in because now immediately they're trying to compartmentalize like uh, uh, on a need to know basis. Who's going to know about these aliens? We have to keep a really, really tight lid on all of this shit that's happening. Mm-hmm. Sure. Forrestal was already kind of cracking. Yeah. He viewed him as because <clears throat> he was so fucking pure. He couldn't handle the truth hard <laughs> enough. Well, it would so, destroy a lot of things if they found out about the aliens. Yeah. Religion's gone. The mm. country is gone. Oh, you don't even know the half of it, Kissel. It's starting now. We're I don't know if you know the half of it. I do know. I you know. know the half of it? I know. I think actually I'm afraid that I only know half of it. <laughs> but Forrestal is really, his death was very fishy. Yeah. It was extremely fitting, and sure. it did actually happen. He did, yep. you know, he was, you know, at least fell out of a window. He was either thrown out or uh, by himself committed suicide. We okay. don't really know, but it was a fishy death. And he wrote this uh, sort of final letter that was a poem that I forget that goes, it was like, it was from some Greek play that was just about sadness and looking upon the rocks of the beach but the final thing was like oh and then behold the soul of the nightingale and nightingale was the code name for one of the nazi scientist groups that forestall helped bring to the united states during operation paperclip mm. and he they're thinking that he may have been a uh, uh, feeling guilt for having done that fair salamis the billows roar, wander around thee yet, and sailors gaze upon thy shore firm in the ocean set. Thy sun is in a foreign clime, where Ida feeds her countless flocks. Far from thy dear, remembered rocks, worn by the waste of time, comfortless, nameless, hopeless, save in the dark prospect of the yawning grave. Woe to the mother in her clothes of day, woe to her desolate heart and temples gray, when she shall hear her loved one's story whispered in her ear. Woe, woe will be the cry. No quiet murmur like the tremulous wail of the lone bird, the querulous nightingale. I gotta say, uh, he seems suicidal. Yeah, it's sad. So, it's a sad yeah. poem. So he's that's, being that's very, kind of more uh, proof that it might have been a suicide. But what does this have to do with Bill Cooper? He's being very Elliot Smith. You should understand. It's all have to, it all has to what do with Bill What does this Cooper. have to do with Bill Cooper? Oh, I'll, we're getting into Please, it, man. Lord. Because this is a huge story that's all coming together. Because Bill Cooper, in this case, we're just talking about Bill Cooper's theories. Right. You know, it's all coming together because those diaries that were written by James Forrestal were taken, rewritten, edited, and mm. years later released to a CIA agent named Whitley Strieber, yeah. oh. author of CIA Communion, agent. and then he re-rewrote it and released them as the book we know as Majestic. And then Whitley Strieber became the worst dinner guest of all time, constantly <laughs> being like, uh, thank you so much for having me uh, for dinner. It has been wonderful. The mashed potatoes are so silky. They're so wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I worked really hard on this. Yeah, yeah. it really it means a lot. Yeah. When the alien first raped me, <laughs> yeah. um, he spread me so open that the cracks of my uh. anus 
Um, it, it, I, it was dry down there. You know, the funny <laughs> it was is, February, yeah. so I was getting ashy around my lips part. So just yeah. the stretching of it cracked you know, to so the funny, point of just bleeding. We also have green beans. Yeah, oh, I, oh, these I are also just made green beans. Yeah. Long and thin. Yeah, like... Like the fingers of the gray. <laughs> okay. As he slowly penetrated my anus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well... Try the steak. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of pop culture, let's return to that surviving alien we mentioned earlier. That creature was found wandering the deserts of New Mexico following the Roswell crash. (laughs) It was like so funny to think about this cute like alien all alone. And he was named E.B. by his captors. Extraterrestrial biological entity. E.B. E.B., okay. And it took two full years of captivity and interrogation for E.B. to start spilling secrets, but eventually he opened up. Oh, my God. Just give him a Coke. <laughs> don't, they see, don't they see the advertisements? You know, give him I a know. Coca-Cola Classic. We're going to get into talking. why he couldn't have a Coke yeah. and a smile. <laughs> <laughs> now, the things we learned from E.B. were compiled into the infamous Yellow Book. Now, Henry, could you tell us what the Yellow Book is? Of course I can. Now, what the Yellow Book started as was a notebook that the guy that was assigned to EB, his interrogator, who eventually, and his hostage taker, and eventually turned friend, a uh, an unnamed lieutenant that would sit and take notes of what EB said. Now, originally, when they would ask questions of EB, EB didn't want to... Aliens have a lying problem, mm-hmm. which is the what weird thing that pops up. They have a problem with lying. They always lie. Why? And so... <laughs> because they have <laughs> agendas that are past us. They mm-hmm. have agendas that are past us, and I think they hold their cards really close to their chest. They don't mm-hmm. want you to know the plans. Because I think a lot of the plans have to be, you'll be dead in 2200. Whether you have to be like, uh, they yes. can't really fill us in the whole plan because right. we're just waiting here. We're just batteries. Or we're being used for hybrid programming. And once we're done with it, we'll be fucking shucked to the side, Kissel. All right. Can't, do not trust the aliens. I, don't, EB, I never have. EB was so cute that he would only answer questions that had a positive answer. Mm-hmm. So it's stuff be like, so EB, what is, um, what's your favorite television show? <laughs> I like Jackie Gleason. <laughs> he is funny the way he threatens to beat his wife. So, but, uh, so when will I die, EB? <laughs> is it soon? No. You're nodding your head. (laughs) (laughs) But I do like that E.B. was aware that uh, the Honeymooners was problematic. Well, what's funny, Henry, is that you may have brought up Jackie Gleason... I know. I know exactly why I brought up Jackie Gleason <laughs> because Jackie Gleason had a story about LBJ. No, Nixon. Nixon. No, I, I heard LBJ. I heard Nixon. I heard it was an alien. <laughs> yes, he went to go LBJ or Nixon showed Jackie Gleason a dead alien body mm-hmm. <laughs> because Nixon and Jackie Gleason were friends. And one night, Nixon and Jackie Gleason were oh, hammered, hammered at the White House. Yeah. And uh, like, you want to see a fucking alien? <laughs> yeah, this will get your dick hard, Jackie. Huh? <laughs> to the moon. Yeah, and Jackie Gleason didn't say anything about it. it it wasn't until a few years ago that Jackie Gleason's wife came out, but she wanted to say it in her biography, but her biography got scrubbed by the powers that be, but word got out. Order of the nine. <laughs> I own the publishing companies. And yeah. so, so the yellow book ended up being just his notes. What we're going to find out is we already did in Project Serpo, the yellow book at some point transforms into a digital square that holds the story of all humankind. So the yellow book is the notes of the person who was interrogating E.B. Yes. yes. Okay. And the yellow book was just the uh, EB began to describe how the human being how we how we got here and the story of his people Mm -hmm. okay well unfortunately EB got sick in 1951 
and none of the doctors knew what to do. Is EB was closer to a plant than a human. That's why he can't oh have a coat. That's why he can't have a coat because his system was all about chlorophyll. Oh my goodness! You yeah. can't even have a Pepsi. Either. But he's <laughs> kept, kept underground. Yeah, right. Because we're going like to that to be like he has to be underground because that's where all our biggest secrets are kept. Mm-hmm. So we can't get the light and the nutrients he needs. Mm-hmm. There's only like a young person, really smart, big brain, above average intelligence, maybe named Sheldon. No, like a young <laughs> Sheldon maybe could have broken Evie. That would have been a good story for Sheldon to have end up being brought down to Los Alamos, and then Evie shoots him with a fucking laser, and it's just oh, his crazy. skeleton's exposed. Well, who they did bring in was a botanist named Dr. Guillermo Mendoza. (laughs) He sounds like a Robin Williams Hispanic character. (laughs) Sounds fun. Ay, ay, ay. (laughs) You mean to tell me, I thought they come to look at a rose. You make me look at this tiny man. What a botanist to do. Well, I'm not sure. He might not have sounded that way. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Well, we'll say that one's up in the air. (laughs) Well, even though they brought in Dr. Mendoza, EB died anyway on June 2nd, 1952. And this is where the pop culture comes in. Hmm. Almost 30 years to the day after EB's death, a thinly veiled version of EB's story was told in the heartwarming family film E.T., now, wow. there's a lot of this. There's, a lot, there's, there's a, going to be a ton of this we're going to talk about. I but, love E.T. Because Steven Spielberg used a consultant for this movie and Close Encounters of the Third Kind that w- was a member of Project Blue Book. And with, he would go talk, because Project <clears throat> Blue Book is a real thing, a disinformation fucking center, which uh-huh. we'll get into too. Uh-huh. But he, he was a real entity of the government, and he used him as a consultant, and he told him these stories. And But we, he says, oh, it had nothing to do with E.B. It's a story about his imaginary friend that he had when Steven Spielberg's fr- uh, parents got divorced. Which mm. he's fucking obsessed with. He sounds like fucking <laughs> David Berkowitz. He is constantly in his documentary, the Spielberg documentary. He's like, my parents got the That was very traumatic and for like, him. Drown your fucking tears with your precious money, Steven well, Spielberg. That with those Jaws t-shirts. You can't stuff a heart with cash. That's true, you Ben. You know you, it needs love. Now, even though Dr. Mendoza couldn't save E.B., that's not to say the government didn't do everything they could to save him. They broadcast a distress signal into space, calling the whole effort Project Sigma. And even though no answer came from the Ebens, as E.B.'s race was called, the communication with alien races was deemed to be a worthy cause. So to deal with this sector of alien relations, President Truman created the National Security Agency, the NSA. And now the NSA, technically, according to Bill Cooper, are not hold, be held to any laws to not specifically name the NSA to them. That's like a part of their, their, their way that it was developed, the way they're created, because this is also created by executive orders, which is a kind of a funny thing. The CIA was just made with a piece of paper. The NSA was made with a piece of paper and the basically we're also find out the nsa was the perfect shell corporation the shell entity to put all of the black ops money underneath and so no one questioned where the money went to because it went to the nsa and the nsa was outside of the law so there's nobody who could go there's a checks and balances mm. <laughs> now, as far as things went in 1990 there were a lot of secret nazis in the country though yes yeah. they were finding them well they were there were a lot of secret nazis yep. in the country and some of them were working, we were working for, for us. us yeah they were working some, for us but in some. what capacity were they working for us were they actually working for us or were they all just a part of the fucking well, smoke screen. I'll tell you know? one thing. None of them watered that freaking plant. No AKA <laughs> that alien. That would have kept the damn thing alive. Water. Just get, It's easy. I don't know what Water. to do. We've spun it around 360 times. I have no... Uh, 
we kick it eight times a day. <laughs> well, as far as things went in 1991, when Cooper wrote Behold a Pale Horse, the NSA's primary function was communicating with alien races, but that was about five presidents back, so things might have changed since then. Things uh, have yes. gotten more subtle. Hmm. I don't know about that. Now, the problem with all this was the alien issue was by no means confined to American borders. But communicating with other nations meant a larger possibility that the secret would get out. So a group was formed to oversee the communication. And guess what this fucking piece of shit group was called? The Bilderberg Group. Ah. Nicknamed the Bilderbergers. The Bilderbergers. <laughs> I <laughs> love it. Cute. It's a good also name for a chain. <laughs> it's a good name for a chain. It's a good name for a game. I love it. Also, if check out the documentary, A Good American. It's all about Bill Binney, who was uh, quite important when it comes to the NSA. It's oh. a different topic matter, but check that one out. A oh. Good American. All right. Disinformation. <laughs> Bill Binney. No, Bill Binney's very legit. Uh, from the Bilderbergs group beginnings as nothing more than a glorified bureaucracy, the Bilderbergers eventually became one of the main arms of the secret government. Do you see where we're going here? Okay, listen I get it. I see this. it clear <laughs> as I see a McDonald's M. Aliens fit into the Illuminati like this. The Illuminati, which we are finding out, is many, many board meetings. It's conference rooms that have been occupied mm. by men that are on in many different meetings at the same time. Like, there's a meeting happening on the phone, uh -huh. but there's also a meeting happening inside of the room. And so two different meetings. Are, and there are many different bureaucratic arms. When we did that list of the different groups <clears throat> that consist of the Illuminati, basically what you're talking about is all different arms, functions of the Illuminati. Certain sections of it are in charge of other things. It's a gigantic system of bureaucracy yeah. that is meant to be super confusing and it all is supposed to point up to the order of the nine which who, who knows what that is so we don't know <laughs> where those people are but the Bilderbergers were supposed the idea was getting everybody on the same page because yeah. now these aliens are showing up everywhere people are making willy nilly deals back and forth with these aliens and they're showing up and we have to figure what out how do we deals? deal with them we'll, oh. we'll, we'll get into that yeah it's, yeah, it's kind of strange my sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person it's Jackie Zabrowski she shops all year thinking about her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right. Give the moms in your life an aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional and we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product right now. Aura has a great deal for mother's day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best selling frame. That's a U R a frames.com. Use code left at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated 
text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders, I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I, I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. It's a daily weight on my life how much i need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins as soon as i wake up and a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors big and small some people are presidents some people are soldiers some people have to eat mayonnaise especially with hard-boiled eggs which is what i eat for lunch but i guess i should share that in therapy because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp! H-E-L-P dot com slash last pod. So while alien contact in the 20th century began with Truman, it didn't really ramp up until Dwight D. Eisenhower mm. came on the scene. Yeah! Just in his first year alone, nine more discs crashed in America. Four in Arizona, two in Texas, just one in New Mexico, one in Montana, and one in Louisiana. Oh, well, you got to have that gumbo when you ran out, man. Oh, tell that, Mr. Alien. You like that nail do a soft It's a gross exaggeration of the Louisiana people. I need water. I just need water. Oh, we ain't got no water down here. We just got nice. We got a roux. And you put that brown sauce on it. I don't know what it is, but it's spicy enough to make your feet sweat. Oh, I man. just want water. <laughs> I'm it is very like difficult legitimately to, hungry now. Honestly, it is legitimate. It is hard to find water in New Orleans. Yeah. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Well, honestly, though, Dwight D. Eisenhower, he does look a bit like an alien. Yeah, he kind of so does. So maybe they thought that they were taking control. He's got a bulbous head, top yeah. heavy. He's very, um, uh, what's his name? Like the uh, quarterback. Reminds me of... um, Like the quarterback. Not uh, the uh, secret gay one. Uh, um, Terry Bradshaw? No. Nope. The other not I'm, secret no, game one. Which, not Troy Peyton Aikman. Peyton Manning. Ah. Peyton Manning. And who is the secret gay one? Troy Aikman. <laughs> Troy Aikman. <laughs> Just, all right. You know what? That's fine. Dwight D. Eisenhower's farewell speech, by the way, is the greatest presidential speech of all time. It really Warrants is. Warrants about everything that actually happened. So you do wonder, maybe extraterrestrial influence. exactly what fucking happened. I just punched he, Kissel in the arm. Yeah. I don't know why. I didn't. I did yeah. feel it. He warned against the military-industrial complex. Right and away. if you want to know a bit more about that, watch the documentary Fox. 
fog of war, yes. uh, which is fantastic. But a part of remembering, so Dwight D. Eisenhower, was a, he was a uh, general, right? So a mm-hmm. part of what generals do and the way they lead, and they said that what made him really effective is he was very good at delegating responsibility. Mm-hmm. He would form committees of people he trusted, and when they gave him an answer of what to do, he would go, like, go solve this problem. They would figure it out. He'd come. He would activate it. And he made sure that he surrounded himself with what he believed with our, our trustworthy people that would Wait. help make the whole you, system uh, run really smoothly. Are you describing a president with like good leadership skills? <laughs> yes. Because I don't, uh, I've never experienced one but of those. But the problem is that he over-leadershipped himself into the NWO. Mm. Like he made this happen by, yep. by essentially handing the keys to guess, to guess who? Nelson Rockefeller. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm getting the meat sweats. Yeah, he knew he had to do something about the alien business, but he knew going public because or even like, congressional. Because there's aliens popping everywhere. He's used to it. He's like, I just got done with the Krauts. I just learned that you can't trust an Italian. And now I'm here with zip zap and fucking biggity bongs everywhere. Now, this is somewhat understandable given that the Rockefellers helped to put Ike in office. But Eisenhower's decision to involve one of the wealthiest families in the world, along with involving the Council on Foreign Relations, which Eisenhower was a member of, proved to be a fatal decision. Now, remember when we say stuff like Council on Foreign Relations and Trilateral Commissions and all these things, this is just dudes in a room that our government just gives money to, and they just sit and come up with with answers to questions that are all like not in factoring humans as a part of the problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like lives. They just sit and they say stuff being like, Numbers. well, if we just get rid of 350,000 of them, then we will have our we'll have our solution right there. There's yeah. enough chocolate for everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's just people who help him out and they got a job. Yeah. So Eisenhower and Rockefeller together formulated a group that would work as a kind of alien task supervision secret structure, as Bill Cooper called it. Mm -hmm. And within a year, that structure would emerge as... Majesty 12. Okay, now, now, interesting. Yes, now Majesty heard Majestic 12. 12. It's mm. all over the place. And Bill Cooper technically does change the name three or four times. He calls it Majority 12. He calls it Majestic 12. He calls it Majesty 12. And it, like Donald Trump being president, every single time he says something, even if it's different, that's the new name of it. Okay. <laughs> that's now the name of it. I but guess it, so. But you remember, it did not start as Majesty 12. It started as a thing called the Planning Coordination Group and then eventually turned into a thing called the Special Group, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really sound so good. Just because it's just circle paper. Right. That was for a while they were using circle paper. Ooh, Everyone has those big idea. crayons. Why did we decide on square paper? And they all sat in chairs, those bouncy chairs. Oh my goodness! Then you get an exercise. Well, you said. And then you get. Then it became Majesty Twelve. Okay. Now within ten years, Majesty Twelve would have the power to murder presidents. But. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, hey, fucking my, dog meat. Why are you doing this? Goodness for gracious. So later on in 1953, we Americans started tracking huge objects moving through space towards Earth. Turns out these objects were spaceships. So Project Plato was created to put us in contact with them. And the aliens contained within those spaceships were the grave. Well, Honestly, were- Project Plato. It, with the special group does sound like a... It is it, fun. It sounds like a, a, a special kindergarten. It is how yeah. you do a bunch of... If a bunch of senators got... How, what, how, remember the movie Regarding Henry? Mm-hmm. When the lawyer gets shot in the head and then he becomes a member of the special group? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's like you've got a bunch of senators now are a member of the special group and yeah. you're like, no, this is really important, guys. Yeah. It's Project Play-Doh. That's right. They're all like Cameron Diaz's brother in the movie Something About Mary, yes. which I just rewatched. It's very good. But, uh, Project Play-Doh realized that you could talk to them using 
using binary code. Mm-hmm. So oh. it's in there, and they actually, there was three visitations. The first visitations were were Nordics. There were people, there were aliens that looked like us. The second group was a group of aliens for some reason that we now deal with large nose grays mm-hmm. that they talk about like quite a, a bit. Now, if I remember correctly, the tall, the Nordics that showed up, that's when Valiant Thor showed up? Yes, he yes. was in there. But Valiant Thor is a Venusian. Yes, no, I know, but he was just hitching right. He was oh, there. Right. He was hanging around. <laughs> so Valiant Thor is there. He's all naked because he wears an invisible outfit. And he wore clothes and, on, underneath the transparent well, What's outfit. the point of that? Because he was trying to be normal. He desperately wanted to be American. Mm-hmm. He oh, came and like, I come to America <laughs> thinking this is where the Venusian can really make. I want to make a headphones. <laughs> I'm making the best the headphones job. in the world. Yeah. Now, after a quick chat with the Greys, it was decided that the Greys would leave a hostage with us until they could return with a treaty to solidify relations and negotiate in exchange for advanced technology between America and the Aetherians, as they were called. They okay. called themselves that possibly could have been a lie. They mm-hmm. said that they were from Betelgeist, but, uh, but Bill Cooper says he doesn't believe. No, don't say they're not. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I've seen the exorcist. Wow. Times, and it keeps getting but funny. what now? <laughs> Serious question. Uh, what technology did we have that the aliens would want? We'll get into it. The Uh-oh. technology, my friend, was our bodies. Listen We're about to, to get into it. Oh, my to goodness. <laughs> well, then but, they, would have, they, would loved, they would love me. But Bill yeah. Cooper says, again, he thinks that they were lying about where they were from because they may have actually been from Mars. Yeah, either been from Mars or been from inside the Earth. Yeah. Then out why they fly. Just it, listen. <laughs> just be a good man. No, I am listening. I am listening. Instead of taking time to talk, I'm not taking time to talk. Technically, he is listening. He's listening. He's asking questions. Yes. He's being curious. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yeah. be defensive. <laughs> I understand. Now, at the same time that these aliens were orbiting the equator, a different race of humanoid aliens called the Ashtar Command landed at an Air Force base in Florida. These are the space hippies. They Mm. said that we should not trust the other race as they were only in the game to use us. And by the way, the space hippies might be paranoid. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) I don't know what we did. Maybe it was all that space ganja. (laughs) (laughs) Uh That's fun. And by the way, the landing in the desert of the greys, you know what that was turned into? What? Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh my god. Also fed to Steven Spielberg from the same exact consultant. Yes, which is is different than just Encounters of the Third Kind. It's much more awkward. Yeah. Close Encounters encounters of the Third Kind. That's a breakup offense. You're standing quite close to me. Yeah, it's very Seinfeld. (laughs) Well, the space hippies said that we shouldn't trust the greys as Mm -hmm. they were only in the game to use us, and the space hippies wanted wanted to negotiate as well, but their conditions proved to be untenable as they demanded we completely dismantle all of our nuclear weapons in exchange for quote-unquote spiritual development. They were (laughs) Russians. They were Russians. Uh, No, the Russians are actually working in conjunction with us. Yeah, we're working with them because... Because the Russians are, they're saying the same shit to the Russians, saying, oh no, we're, the, we're only working with you. Basically, we're talking to the Russians, realizing the aliens are telling them that they're only working with them, and the aliens uh, are telling us they're only working with us. They're lying to everybody. Yeah. So is this where like start one, start two comes? Strategic arms re- reductions treaty? Absolutely not. Okay. No, no, no absolutely not. No. I, I, like your, I like your logic, but actually what ended up happening Just is- trying to find any kind of thing I could understand. Once a year- Two nuclear submarines dock with each other underneath a polar ice cap, and in that meeting, the Ruskies were given their script. They get for their the script year. to play because they're the villains, right? And they dock like two cocks inside of each other. It's tip inside tip. Yeah, right, I see. And they would meet so at the center of the tips. Oh, I see. Okay. Now, 
the space hippies said that only when we become fully spiritually developed by their standards would we receive their technology as they believe that we would only use new advanced technology to further destroy ourselves, which considering what we've done with the internet technology we were eventually given by the Ethereans probably would have been the right move. We oh, weren't yeah. ready for all this yet. Yeah. No, of course not. We could not have handled their their spaceships yet. Well, we tried, didn't we? Didn't we, dog? <laughs> I don't think we can handle them right now. <laughs> Absolutely not. Now, we, of course, said no to the space hippies, which okay. isn't the craziest thing in the world, honestly, because if all this is true, and that's one big honking goddamn if then I'd imagine Eisenhower was scared shitless by all, by all these aliens suddenly showing up all at once. And you have to remember this time, this was right after we used the atomic bomb. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at Dan Carlin's uh, hardcore history. I believe it was called End of Days. I believe it was the End Days. And it was about the, the world right after we dropped the atomic bomb. And what he was saying, like, it's really, I mean, like, the U.S. at this point, we had the most powerful weapon to us in the galaxy. And that was a big chip. We are not oh, yeah. ready to let that go. We're not ready. No, That's right. a big negotiating tactic that we mm-hmm. can, always had. And so they held on to that for a long time because there was a hot second right before we decided to say we have to stop nuclear proliferation. There was a second where they were like, we blow up Moscow. We blow up Beijing. There was a whole plan where it's yeah. just like, we just wipe out all of our enemies right now. Oh, yeah. And dude. it was like, that. and so imagine that. So you're having a real meeting. That's, that's like very a fun war, That's like a super fun war games meeting, too. Just be like, <laughs> Let's see what happens if we blow <laughs> up, up any part of the world. Wait, think about that. So one meeting's having a very legit, very tense meeting mm-hmm. about the Russians, the Chinese, and we're going to blow them all up using atomic weapons. And then the, uh, while that's happening, two submarines are underneath... <laughs> Like Arctic, Arctic fucking yeah. glaciers just sitting there being like, those fucking idiots wasting their time. They're slapping each other, blowing each other's girlfriends, just having a great time. You know what I mean? Like just, just enjoying each other in the submarine. That sounds fun. And so we went with the Ethereans. Now, if you'll remember from our Valiant Thor episodes, we already talked about the deal Eisenhower made with the aliens, specifically with a diplomat called His Omnipotent Highness Krill. And that's, that's spelled little, K-R-L-L. A little pretentious. A little pretentious. <laughs> uh, according to, it's three L's. Marcus. Excuse me, three L's. <laughs> three L's. Krill. Krill. Wow. Um, this is an obscene amount of L's. And, and, and because um, American soldiers cannot handle the title Omnipotent Highness, they would call him satirically his official hostage. <laughs> now, the deal was that in exchange for advanced alien technology, the aliens would be allowed to periodically abduct humans on a limited basis so that they could perform medical experiments and monitor our development. The reason behind that was that the DNA structure of the aliens was breaking down. They couldn't reproduce produce anymore so they figure by studying a race that was alien to them humans they could figure out a way to get back to reproducing because the grace it was kind of a children of men type of scenario it's yes. like what uh, what maude did to the big lebowski when she uh, had him go get to, to the medical doctor there and get the checkup on the old testicles he's a good doctor he's, he's a and g- thorough. Very thorough. And thorough. Very thorough so but she could procreate also if there's one thing humans are good at and they talked about this as a point this is not just me being henry sprowski they they knew if humans are good at one thing they're good at fucking. Yeah. They were like, humans fuck. We like juicing them. They are attracted to humans, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. Mm. It's a part of it, too. We make them super horny. Look yeah. at our live bodies. Can you imagine? Because <laughs> it's, But it's differently, like, horny. But the thing is about all this is that it was promised that the experiments would be completely harmless, and oh. the experimentees would be returned to the ex- exact spot where they were found with their memories wiped, no harm, no foul. Yeah, mm. of course. Yeah, human be- the, you won't be shattered by that psychologically oh, at all. And in addition, to make sure we knew everything was on the up and up, that 
aliens would provide would provide Majesty 12 with a list of all the up, abductees on what I assume to be a quarterly report. Now, we would also construct underground bases where the humans and aliens could work together, like we talked about in our Dulce episodes. And we also built a top-secret facility out in the desert for the testing of experimental alien aircraft, hmm. codenamed Area 51. Now, this is where the right. money comes in. NSA was using this as good. So they were hiding all the money. They were the ones that they, they used the NSA as the excuse to put all this black op, uh, budget money in there. The president at the time, once it, the idea was that the system would go f- from then on. That the president would have any no idea how these systems worked or what they were doing. Who we got now? We got Nixon or we got LBJ in Right there? now, we're still in Eisenhower. We're still, in Eisenhower. Oh, we're this still is in Eisenhower. This is them setting up the system. Well, what would happen now is that they basically, under the auspices of we're building places for the president to hide in case of emergency, we're building these gigantic underground structures. We know we're using them for the working on alien human technology hybrids, right? And and also genetic experiments and all this bullshit. And a part of what is so weird, but we're telling future presidents, no, 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 we're building golf courses. <laughs> underground golf courses. <laughs> now, in other words, hmm. Bill Cooper's secret government conspiracy includes damn near every it's alien conspiracy so there is. Good. It's the best one. So and we're, we're like just hundreds get, here? Oh, we're talking Dozens at the very least. Dozens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're talking about the legitimate alien conspiracy. The big, meaty, fat ones. <laughs> yeah. We just don't understand. This is just a field day. Every other sentence is another research hole. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just getting started. All right. And speaking of which, let's really get into Majesty 12, erroneously called Majestic 12 hmm. by those not in the know. One poor suspender-wielding UFO expert specifically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Now, Majesty 12 actually had 19 members. There was Nelson Rockefeller, naturally, a few of Ike's cabinet members, J. Edgar Hoover. Ooh, interesting. Six guys from the Council on Foreign Relations called the Wise Men, and six dudes from the Jason group. Don't even say Jason. It's capital, it's capital letters. Yeah, J-A-S-O-N, all in capitals. Is it an acronym, or is it just the Jason group? No, no, I don't think so. No, okay. it comes from Jason and the Golden Fleece. Yes. That's where the idea is that it's always been an Illuminati thing. We're going to talk about this right now. So, <laughs> Now, the Jason Group, who I'd actually never heard of before Bill Cooper, was a secret society of scientists formed during the Manhattan Project, which was the operation that gave us the atomic bomb. And the Jason Society actually sounds a hell of a lot like the comic book The Manhattan Projects, which gives us another pop culture <laughs> reference point. Manhattan okay. Projects, if you never read it, it's fucking fantastic. It's the best comic book to come out in the last 10 years. But also, apparently, the Jason Society either was formed then or it's always been around. And actually, technically, what it was is because it's always been around, it was a member of the Order of the Quest. Order of the Quest is a level of the Illuminati, which is the top tier. Jason Society was on the same level as Order of the Nine. And then it's, who's their boss? <laughs> double, double top tiers. Always. Look at that. <laughs> now, you may ask, if it's it's called Majesty 12. Why are there 19 members? Why okay. ask it may, stupid may questions? I, uh, if it's Majestic, if it's Majesty 12, uh, why are there 19 members? That's yeah. what I. That's what I would like to ask. And technically, I just did. Well, the first rule of Majesty 12 is that no decision can go forward unless at least 12 members vote yes. It's like grand jury duty. Actually, it is. Very much so. Interesting. Is that really how grand jury duty works? Yeah, there's like 19 to 22 people and 12 have to agree to indict, which is why the entire system is completely corrupt and uh, it's a absolute bullshit procedural event. It's also why Majesty 12 could be real. (laughs) 
And those decisions that were decided on by at least 12 were carried out as the majority 12 directives. Mm. So just two years into the 1953 Human-Alien Plato Treaty, as it was called, it was becoming clear that the Ethereans were not holding up their end of the bargain. Now, we were getting plenty of technology, but we were starting to find the mutilated remains of both animals and humans all across the country. Yep. We, the, the, and increased. And also, it's, what I love is this. The aliens were not sending in their paperwork. And that oh sounds my really goodness. weird. It yeah. seems like weird that like this far, far advanced culture would show up at an alternate room with all of our fanciest generals and scientists and all looking up there and they're like, so now, Ethereans, we're going to sign this piece of paper and we're all going to agree to do this, right? And they're like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, de- definitely, yeah. I mean, it's not like I walk through a wall to come in here. It's not like I traveled from Betelgeist to be here. Are you lying about Betelgeist? No. I love it. Get the paperwork in. Yeah, these guys, the, the Majesty 12, it's like they're asking the aliens to submit like 1099. Because right. it's government. Well, you <laughs> need it, honestly. It's, it's government honest, The aliens must have just really hated big government. At the end of it, it's just like, you know, the, the American people, they are really, they are up their own ass with this bureaucracy The Illuminati crap. is a very democratic yeah. idea. What, what tech were we getting at this point? People uh, had TVs, I guess. Well, the type of tech that we're getting, they actually rolled out over the next 50 or so years. Oh, like the I text see. that we got from it, like Wi-Fi, the internet, yeah. all that type of stuff. Supposedly, it, despite all of the evidence to the contrary that humans created all that stuff, supposedly uh, the aliens gave that stuff to us, and all of the people actually working on that stuff were just sort of busy bees uh, oh. that we kind of we gave them the technology because they'd work on it for a while and be like, "Oh, hey, you created the internet! Congratulations!" They also came up with all the right. idea of putting cameras inside of the refrigerator so that you don't have to open the door; you just press the button on the panel on the front of the refrigerator, and it just shows footage from inside of the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Well, what? It, it saves coldness. Is that a thing? Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's the dumbest damn thing I ever heard. When of I went life. refrigerator shopping, I became lost in options. <laughs> I thought it because was because in Los Angeles you have to buy your own refrigerator. It's not like in New York you have to provide right. one for yourself. And I started being like, "Well, I want the cheapest one possible." And then I started looking at the elite like platinum no level kidding. refrigerators. You don't even have to open the door. Yeah, smart fridges. I could that set is- it from my phone. I could watch footage from inside of my refrigerator, longingly look at ketchup <laughs> yeah. while I'm just well, on the train. As if the movie Sausage Party is real. Are you Expecting an interaction between the mustard. <laughs> well, and the I tell you what, if there is a, if they do come alive, there's going to be a bit of a sausage holocaust in my home <laughs> because I'm not having talking food in my fucking house. No, you can't have it. I mean, it's your house. You're paying rent there. So when we finally confronted the aliens about all this stuff, they said, "All right, you got us." We've been harvesting glandular secretions for years, and sometimes things go wrong, but it's necessary for our survival as the harmless experience weren't really doing much for us. My big question, so you're allowed to work on a need-to-know basis. Aliens work on a need-to-know basis, too, Mm -hmm. and you didn't technically need to know what we were doing to the Whitley Streepers of the world. Mm -hmm. I guess not. Now, armed with this information, we started to dig a little deeper into the alien story. If they were lying to us about this... What else were they lying about? Oh, my goodness. And just how long had the aliens been coming here anyway? And I tell you what, the lock screen on an alien cell phone is really difficult to get through, (laughs) so you can't look at their texts. (laughs) We discovered, through crack research, mostly in the Vatican, that aliens have been manipulating us for centuries through religion, witchcraft, and the occult. And that includes... The Book of Revelation. Apparently, the Pope has a box filled with secret prophecies. I don't know if this is true or not. 
I hope it is. <laughs> but I hope it's stuff like you, the Pope, could just go and be like, on Tuesday, I will purchase a pastrami sandwich. <laughs> and puts it in, and then on Tuesday, he's like, the prophecy has come to pass. Well, you just got to get a pastrami sandwich. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> now, when we confronted the aliens about this, they said, yeah, you got us again. So they're really up front. When we do confront when them, do they, confront they do confront them like, like, yeah, pretty quick. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Interesting. They also told us that they had traveled forward in time and had seen that these events, at least in the current timeline, were sure to come to pass. But what it said is that what they found in the Vatican prophecies is that the Earth was going to explode anyway. That basically our treatment of the environment and our use of weapons is going to kill us no matter what. Yeah. Well, and, isn't that, uh, isn't that uh, molten... Lava in the center of the earth going to get real hot one of these days. <laughs> That's what I was reading. Well, I mean, there the, can be. Actually, that. like there are uh, volcanic events, catastrophic yeah. volcanic events could very well be uh, in our future. These volcan- volcanoes could actually erupt at any moment. They could, uh, they could happen now. When it happens. Happen now. Right now. When, we, when it Ooh. happens, can we call it the global hot pocket event? Ooh, yeah, we can. <laughs> We're not going to be alive to call it the global hot pocket. Well, Good. we can call we it whatever you want to call it. We can joke about it for like two weeks and then we're all just going to kind of suffocate. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, hot pockets are hot, though. <laughs> they are. What's wrong with them in there? It's ridiculous. Well, using technology borrowed from the aliens and working in conjunction again with the Soviet Union, us Americans created Project Rainbow, travel to the future, and also confirmed that this prophecy was true. And now that sounds familiar. That's from the Philadelphia experiment as well. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So how, how far did they travel into the future? I don't know. How far did they travel? 20 leagues. That's, I remember that Obama <laughs> was a thing. part of it. Well, Obama traveled to Mars. Well, he had to. When yeah. the hell did and Obama was, travel to Mars? You, was, pay, well, you don't remember Philadelphia Experiment? Yeah, that was Project oh, Pegasus. God. Project Pegasus. Yeah, that, that wasn't... Well, Project okay. Rainbow and Project Pegasus were kind of running... Next to like, each other. They were next okay. to concurrent next to each other. But they were two... Se- I mean, they were talking. They were blabbing. Yeah, they were bla- different yeah. conference rooms. Okay, <laughs> That's I like see. how it goes. All so maybe in the urinals different. or something, you, they would cross paths. You wonder why it's so hard to get a conference room booked at your office? It's because the Illuminati is coming there and they have booked it. Because they have meetings logged. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So, what were they to do then, armed with this information? Well, Eisenhower tapped the boys from the Jason Society, and they came up with three plans known as Alternative Mm 1, 2, and 3. Alternative 1 was to blast holes in the stratosphere using nuclear weapons so all the heat and pollution and bad stuff could escape into space. No, 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 no. I like that one. I like that one. No, no, no. I don't think it's a good idea, Eisenhower. No, 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 no. I think that's a great idea. And then after that, we would change as a global culture from an exploitative species Uh into one of cooperations. And after that was deemed to be a really fucking stupid idea. What are you talking about? (laughs) It's a really dumb idea. How do you get the smoke out of your house? A chimney. To make a huge... No, 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 no. on the South Pole. The get Earth, it out of here. The Earth is not a log cabin. <laughs> if you pop a hole in the, in the stratosphere, I seem to think we're more like a balloon. No? And no. then everything would go out the hole. And they said that's the reason why we maybe have a hole in the ozone layers because they tried to do it. Well, Bill, Bill Cooper said that they may have tried alternative one. But that's just speculation. That's speculation. <laughs> I like that's alternative that's one. That's speculation, of course. Well, alternative two posited that they could build a huge network of underground cities and tunnels where the privileged few would survive while the rest of us burned on the surface, kind of like the Fallout games. Cool. Oh, yes, or Dennis Leary and his motley crew in Demolition Man. No, not really. 
Okay. They, they were just they were just poor. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They, they were eating rats. Shut they down. were eating good. Shut, shut down. down. How am yeah. I getting shut down? Yeah, because well, they just put the poor people down in the sewers. That's what demolition man was. Yeah, but if you think about it, they're also elite in their own special way. <laughs> they had that fun restaurant though. I remember that nice. The restaurant. rat restaurant. Yeah, they had the rat restaurant. And they had that bitch and car. Yes. Yeah. They were doing okay. I tell you what, I'm going to need more than a couple of shells to clean up my mess half the time. (laughs) You are disgusting. Now, alternative two is a little more plausible, but then there's alternative three. Alternative three proposed that we would use the alien technology we'd already been given to establish colonies in space. Bill Cooper said at the time of his writing in 1991, there had been a moon colony named Adam that had been around since the 50s. Cool. Now, here's where things get interesting. How do we fund all of this bullshit? Where's the money going to come from? We got to start taxing plastic bags. <laughs> That's <laughs> very five, five smart. cents a pop. Very, very smart. <laughs> How do we pay for moon bases and underground bases and experimental aircraft facilities without Congress knowing? Congress mm. is a bunch of fucking busybodies. Well, they control the purse. Well, it had been decided, judging from the reactions of the four civilians present at the signing of the 1953 Alien-Human Plato Treaty, that the public would not be able to handle the reality of aliens on Earth. They had a dude, right? Did you read that letter that the guy wrote after the meeting with the aliens? No. And he was like... My life is over. I did read My that. world is shook to its <laughs> yeah. very core. I cannot see an alien ever again. Like, this guy was fucked up. Mm-hmm. And he was like a reporter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. was just fucked. He didn't know what to do. I understand. Yeah, people cannot handle change very well. No. Yeah. And it followed that if the public could not be told, then Congress couldn't be told either. Either. Of because course. they'd have all the debating and voting that would need to be done. Everybody just... I would like my... If I, if I, I would like our congressman or woman to uh, tell us if there was an alien life out well, they there. They totally would. And it's a civilian government. Exactly. So, you know, these people are coming in and out. They're voted into office and they're out... Two, four years later, what are they going to do then? Sometimes, except for these creeps who stick around their entire lives and ruin our fucking government. All senators do is play the sit-down game with children. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to get into that. We don't want to get into that, although it is proving to be very true. Dennis Hastert. Roy Moore. Yeah. Okay, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. (laughs) And so, to fund all these projects, they needed outside funds. Which is where the CIA's habit of justified illegal activities began, specifically their involvement in the illegal drug market. Now, if you look at this, right, this is where I love fucking Bill Cooper. Mm-hmm. Is that he ties just enough <clears throat> real things that, that are motives that you could see. You could see how they thought this out and how logically they, you could, if the CIA's running shit. Right, mm-hmm. the CIA and the NSA are the ones that are doing all of it, and they're completely in charge. They because Eisenhower said from the very beginning, the way he governed and the attitude that ran through the whole thing, is said, "Just do it." Every he's like, because it was a it's a military idea of being like, just tell me when it's done, and then it's done. I don't care what you do, but just show me results. Delegation of authority. Yes, and so CIA knew, okay. So we're just going to do our way. And th- this is how they've already did it because we, we've already seen it. It's Iran-Contra, like all of the Contras. We saw all that kind of shit where it's like, this shit's already happened. So maybe, just maybe, some of that drug money was the aliens. Ah, <laughs> uh, the drug money went to the aliens. All well, right. Well, the CIA couldn't have done it alone, at least at first. They got their first foothold with the help of future president and member of the Council on Foreign Relations, 
George H.W. Bush. David Herber. Copperfield. <laughs> oh, man. Herbert Walker. Herber All right. Walker. And, of course, he was the head of the CIA at this point, correct? He wasn't the head of the CIA yet. yet. Before he was the head of the CIA, he was CEO of Zapata Oil. Yes. And he allowed the CIA to use the Zapata oil offshore drilling rigs as launching pads to smuggle illegally illegal drugs, marijuana, cocaine, and heroin, mm. into the country. Man, that's one groovy fucking drilling rig, dude. <laughs> cool drilling you rig. You want to get positioned on that drilling rig, man. Just fucking <laughs> weed everywhere. Just like, pop, pop, pop. It's like Richard Speck's jail cell in there. Oh, my. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. And isn't that what matters most? Better writing means a stronger impact. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. You can't escape it. Like the ever-pervasing octopus of malice that is the NSA. Grammarly is watching your every move, making sure that you're doing it right. Data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly, into the very essence of its nature. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner, and it helps your team make their point and move faster, because that's the key there. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, Grammarly, you know how many times it saves me from writing a long, rambling, one-sentence email at 4 o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right? I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right? My job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body. I didn't learn how to write. So thank you, Grammarly, because you're making me the boss I gotta be to motivate my team to get out there. And, oh, man, you don't want to mess with them. Thanks, Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free. Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said? Done. Now, America had been using these drugs long before the CIA got involved. But once the CIA did get involved, that's when things truly reached epidemic proportions. And this was all under the direction of MJ-12, Majesty-12. Oh. Now, you may be thinking, guys, we only landed on the moon in 1969. Yeah, but I'm <laughs> just thinking like, man, we only landed on the moon in 1969. <laughs> right? Yeah. How do we have moon bases? A full eight years before that. Right. Well, the answer is that the space program, at least the Rube space program, NASA, Henry? Never a straight answer. Was the secret government's second source of funding. Yep. And for that matter, the whole Cold War was nothing more than a charade, so both sides could funnel money into secret alien projects that we both worked on in conjunction with each other. Because a part right. of it, what's supposed to be, is that we, we all gotta get on the same page. Can't trust the aliens, mm -mm. we gotta figure out how to trust each other. Yep. And at the same time, the war, the Cold War, allows to keep all our economies going, because basically now we're on an arms-based economy. Mm -hmm. We're doing all this, all this money's pumping in through the military anyway, and now we gotta send our boys to space without anybody knowing about it. And that means we got to make super quiet space machines. Mm. 
We still spend less than our, uh, on average GDP. We only spend 3.3% of our GDP on military. Huh. Isn't that something? $600 billion. But the Russians were spending a lot more is what I was saying. We no. got a nerd alert. Oh, my God. Political nerd alert. You don't know how to do the nerd alert. Well, you know, the, even the moon base... Yes. That was a joint alien US-USSR base and had been for years. The only time the Ruskies weren't involved was a brief two-year period when they were banned for trying to gain control of the base, <laughs> an event that cost 66 people their lives. Which oh, we covered no. in our Secret Space Program episode. Did we cover that one? or yeah. was that, I thought that was a reptilian-based No, 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 coup. no, no. I'm God, pretty sure it's that. The Ruskies? Uh, yeah. They could have been Ruskies or the time in that story... It might have been the reptilians, and then it swishes as to who's aligned with who, and or if maybe uh, the Ruskies are actually members of the reptilian race, or they are puppeted by the reptilian race, or huh. the fact that reptilians weren't even there in the first place, and they, they weren't even in space, they were living on Earth. There's a whole lot of different stories. I mean, if you want to talk about a world leader who looks wow. like a reptilian, I mean, you can't go wrong with Nikita Khrushchev. Sure. Yep. Look at that, man. Yeah. Now, John F. Kennedy. I mean, Gorbachev yeah. literally looked like a map. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's time to bring JFK into the mix. Oh, my oh, goodness. Yeah. Now, when he showed up being president, what did he want? Catholics. He wanted, he wanted the Pope to rule. He wanted the Pope <laughs> to I was take told. over. He wanted pussy hairs up to his eyelids. He got that. He was in there to swill whiskey, hang out with Marilyn Monroe. Look at his wife's hats. Drive limos around. He didn't want to deal with the super secret space system. John F. Kennedy didn't know about any of this. And he was actually upon himself for the first year or two. Cuban Missile Crisis, all for show. We were never in any real danger. But sometime in 1963, Kennedy stumbled upon the truth. Hmm. The aliens, the drug running, everything. He contacted Majesty 12 and told him, first, knock off all that drug running. You, you gotta imagine. knock it off. <laughs> I, I'm sitting here and you mean to tell me there's coal coming to this country? It's a coming to the White House? You bring it to me first. I gotta take what is the quality of this coke? I need to take a look at it because also he's getting juiced up with oh meth shots. Yeah, no, he's yeah. all about methamphetamines, but he's doing it pharmaceutically. He's doing uh, it the legal way. Well, he's getting right. pep shots. Yeah. They're like pep, pep shots. <laughs> yeah, they're those like, good old B12 shots. Give me some bennies. Give me some bennies. Anything to make me a better president. <laughs> also, you mean to tell me these Aliens got jerk-off machines that are doing these professionally, and I am not allowed to sample them. I am the most jerk-offable president that's ever been. Yeah. Well, JFK also told Majest Majesty 12 that he fully int intended to come clean to the whole world mm. about all our alien wheeling and dealing that we've been doing for decades. And so it was decided uh -oh. by Majesty 12 uh -oh. that JFK had to go. They pulled a Dave Coulier and oh. said, cut it <laughs> out. Oh, my goodness. Now, what Bill Cooper proposes is that it was not Lee Harvey Oswald who took the shot. The bangs you hear were just decoy shots fired by a Secret Service agent into the air. Pep, pep. Hell, Oswald, he wasn't even in the book depository. Nope. Where was he? Hanging out in the alley. He was there. But, oh, he was. But okay. he was at work that day, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He, he worked at the book depository, but he was out in the alleyway because there is a picture. That if you zoom into that picture, there is a guy in the alleyway that kind of sort of maybe probably looks like uh, Oswald. And like, hello, no way. Hello, is this the application for the job for, uh, is it, oh, it says uh, Patsy? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What yeah. is American Patsy? You know, the greatest <laughs> thing is it doesn't even matter uh, that you know that. <laughs> Okay, good. Yeah, take you just, job. You got the job? I'll all take right. job. I'm all the, fucked up. That's great. So, uh, Your I'm name is Saran Saran, correct? Well, no, 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 okay. no, no, no. no. 
The person who actually fired the fatal shot was William Greer, okay. the Secret Service agent who was driving, J- driving JFK's limo. The driver. The driver. Now, I never heard this driver theory before. Using an experimental CIA-created gas-powered gun... Greer turned around and shot Kennedy in the head with an exploding pellet of shellfish toxin. <laughs> yep. I love it. I mean, honestly, <laughs> I, I have no problem with it. It's just, I, I don't, you don't see him really turn around in the video, though. You actually do. It, 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 it is that you actually do. Isn't it do post-shot, see, though? You, watch you do, it again. Yeah, if you, you look at go the, home if you tonight, look at this by Zapruder the, film, yeah. you do see okay. him. Even though the Zapruder film is pretty grainy, you do see him turning turn okay. around. This is my question. I'm just do so you, pissed they didn't release the full documents this yeah, year. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Do you have a projector at home? No, I don't have <laughs> only because technically you're only legally allowed to watch the Zapruder film on a projector, like microfish. Yes, right? yeah, it has to be projected onto <laughs> a sheet. projector. Up, yeah, and you like, have like, to John be Wayne, very... yeah, like John Wayne Gacy showing a stag film. Yeah, so uh, it has to be sort of like one of those uh, images that you would stare at, so you could see a sailboat or something like that. So <laughs> it has to be really grainy, so you can just kind of make it up in your head. Yes, you have to put it up on the wall. You have to be smoking a half lit cigar, mm-hmm. and you have to break up with Brooke. You have to be alone. <laughs> you have. Like emotionally alone. Emotionally yeah. 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 Okay. And had Kennedy's brain not disappeared, then we would have proof of this exploding pillow of shellfish toxin. Okay. Alternatively, Cooper and others also posit that Greer just turned around and shot Kennedy with the Plano 45. And that's why Jackie Kennedy was seen crawling to the back of the limo. It was not to collect her husband's brains. Huh. It was to get away from Greer. I always want to get away from a limo driver. <laughs> yeah. A horrible after, Uber ride. And after this, presidents tended to stay in line. Yeah. There wasn't any real trouble between Majesty, Majesty 12 and the executive branch until Nixon got in trouble with Watergate. See, Majesty 12... Mm-hmm. They were afraid that an impeachment trial might lead back to them, as Nixon was 100% on board with all things alien and had been for years. Mm -hmm. And so, the first military coup in the history of the United States was carried out. The Joint Chief of Staff sent out a communique to all the U.S. Armed Forces commanders that said... Upon receipt of this message, you will no longer carry out any orders from the White House. Acknowledge receipt. You mean to oh. tell me we don't have a boss anymore? <laughs> no boss. And within five days, the, all the water coolers are immediately Kool-Aid. It's like nothing but fun and good times. Ooh, pizzas everywhere. Actually, Ben, yeah, you'll like this. Uh, some other people say uh, that they got some other armed forces commanders yeah. say that in their version of the communique, it said you will no longer carry out any orders from Top Hat. There it is. Oh. That hmm. That's a fun show here on the LPN Network. <laughs> Able against Top Hat. Filled with disinformation. <laughs> a lot of truth. Now, within five days, Nixon had announced his resignation from the office of the presidency of the United States. Look at that. So, of course, if Majesty 12 was willing to kill presidents and force presidents out to keep mm-hmm. their secrets, then it followed that other mechanisms had to be put in place to keep some of the little fish in line. And this is where the campaign of disinformation began. All right. What they did was leak half 
truths close enough to the whole truth that people could make enough connections to make it plausible and more importantly satisfying and also then easily disposable Mm -hmm. because and what you do is you fill it all with tiny little flaws that as soon as you bring uh, experts in to examine all of the minutia of all the documents it's easily uh, debunked Mm -hmm. so basically you let people have enough uh, you give them enough rope to hang themselves exactly that's exactly what it is and that is why most most people know Majesty 12 better by its other name, Majestic 12. Yes. And who else was the main disinformation agent other than our old friend of Roswell fame, or as he insists on calling it, Corona? That's right, I'm talking about Stanton Friedman. Oh, Just another goodness. walk through the grocery store. <laughs> Does all. that sound like a trip to the grocery, the grocery store, store to you? you. <laughs> uh, Stanton Friedman uh, was the, the proponent of the Majestic 12 theory, which is idea, which is a group of photographed documents that were shipped to a filmmaker that approached Stanton Friedman to help verify that these were real CIA, U.S. government documents that's, that listed a group called MJ-12 or Majestic 12 by name that would eventually go unnamed that featured 12 guys that were also on the list that Bill Cooper's name. I thought there was 19 of them. No, this is, again, this is why it's... Where's confusing. the other seven guys? This is why. This is why. It's, no, no, I get. It. This is why it's disinformation because mm-hmm. it has a half truth to it because there is still twelve in the name, but it doesn't yeah. give you the whole truth that there are nineteen people oh. in uh, the whole thing. It just gives you the twelve, and uh, that makes you think. And I actually remember us talking about this on our Roswell episode, and Ben, I believe you brought this up that with twelve mm-hmm. there is no majority, majority. vote. Oh. There's no majority. It would make it very difficult. Mm-hmm. Now it's true. So with two UFO other two other UFOlogists, uh, William Moore and Jamie Shindera, Stanton Friedman was trying to put together this and verify these documents. Now we're, and the problem is that they will forever be known at they're they're very tricky. They're very tricky to pin down, and it's exactly what the government wanted because it puts a lot of it puts a lot of doubt on the subject mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there's a lot of discrepancies over the typography, what kind of typewriters were used, when those typewriters were available, the way they dated the documents. There's a, there's a lot of discrepancies as to how many commas did they use a zero before a single digit day mm-hmm. all these kind of things that that, that, that now uh, is all you hear about when you look up Majestic Twelve because and Stanton Freeman sadly walked the, into this punctuation world. complaints yes. oh absolutely because this is but, but you, this the is content is a little bit more significant well, no, it's think. not necessarily punctuation complaints it's more about what certain commas and typography looked like on certain mm. typewriters that were not in government usage until certain years. You, you uh. have to remember, is that in conspiracy theory, the biggest problem is proving shit, right? <laughs> yeah. Because right. most of the time it's it's garbage. But what you have to understand, and so Stan Friedman tried really hard to pin down what is the, its schedules have to line up with the different members that are listed on these meetings. The, all of the typography and the verbiage and the way they talk to each other has to be just on point for it all to be completely true. So Stan Fri- Friedman can finally come out and say, look how it's true. But if you look at now, mm. I was reading an article about counter espionage that's happening right now. And they're talking about like the secret dossier that's supposed to have the fuck PP tape, but all these with Trump, all this bullshit. They say that there are spies in Russia that have made fake PP tapes with a man who looks like Donald Trump pissing over a bunch of prostitutes, and they have to and they disseminate these tapes that are out there. And but the problem is that you have all of these spies have to sit in a conference room watching videos uh, of men peeing on people <laughs> I don't and having to come up with the exact <laughs> being like this is definitely proof. Yeah, honestly, the. the 
The Clintons financed that entire thing. Interesting day for the actors. Yes, uh, that, is also the, that is also maybe the number one show just in Russia. We should <laughs> talk to Anthony Dossier. and Tamanik and ask him if he was cast in any one oh, of those my, fake pee He's tips. too good. Oh, Tam- the president show. Wonderful show. But I'm just saying it's very difficult to proof is such a, a slippery thing. It really is. And one sure. of those like little clerical errors is what Bill Cooper points to uh, as to why he believes that Majestic 12 is a fraud. He says that the executive order that created Majestic 12 was numbered 92447. 92,447. Mm-hmm. Mm. Problem with that is Truman's executive orders were only in the 9,000s because executive orders are num- numbered consecutively from president to president to president. For example, even Trump's most recent executive order is only in the 13,000s. Mm. It's going to be quite a long time before we get up to the 92s. I don't think we're going to get to them. Probably not. Yeah. And these guys aren't the only ufologists. Or excuse me, the only ufologist. Ufologist. Oh. Ufologist. Burns <laughs> <Ufologist>. my biscuit. <laughs> They're not the only ufologist on the government payroll. Remember Philip Class, the dickhead oh, yes. from our Fire in the Sky episode? Yes. CIA agent. Yep. Huh? Whitley Streeper, CIA huh? agent. Yep. Bud Hopkins, CIA agent. That hurts mm. me. I know that it does. one hurts me. I know you love Bud Hopkins. That one makes but me really upset. What's wrong with being in the CIA? Because you are a disinformation agent. Yeah. You're clouding the What if the you're telling the street? truth? <laughs> and it isn't just individuals. It's the organizations as well. Remember NICAP, a.k.a. the National Investigative Committee on Aerial Phenomena? That's cool. They were inf- infiltrated and destroyed from the inside mm. by CIA agents. Remember, this is all from Bill Cooper's perspective, though. So at this point, he has made an enemy of the entire community. Yeah. He is striking out against every single person that he believes that are coming. And so, because Bill right. Cooper was fucking for real, right? Alex Jones does his fucking broadcast from a mansion in the Los Angeles of Texas, Austin, Texas. Yes. <laughs> he did an entire broadcast from his hot tub. It was last year's Thanksgiving, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. Easter. It was, was an it Easter, Easter? Easter oh episode. Oh, my God, it's incredible. Bill Cooper lived in an unmarked street with him and his wife and his precious baby who he loved when he met other ufologists there, he, right. there was a story where he was trying they were trying to get him for some ufo conference he's like i'll meet you i gotta verify you first before we talk about this bill cooper picked him up in this middle desert town at a diner because they didn't want him to know exactly the location of his house the guy gets in the car to open to the passenger seat door there's a gun sitting on the passenger seat that bill cooper just brought with him I and like he's it. like this is the shit that I use to equalize things. He's like pointing <laughs> a gun like, at him, gesturing at it, driving with it in his hands. He seems like a mix of like Ted Kaczynski and Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> He's just like batshit crazy, fully armed. Actually, that is a fucking in the great right way to describe. That's why I love him. <laughs> he is a character. Yeah, and I did get uh, an email. It was either an email or a tweet from a listener uh, that said that he used to be on like an email list with Bill Cooper in the late '90s, and he disagreed with Bill Cooper on something, and Bill. Cooper threatened to personally find him and shoot him in the fucking head. Oh, yeah, that's what you do. Escalate the situation. I guess so, yeah. Uh, well, NICAP Bill Cooper says, infiltrated, destroyed by the CIA. He also says, and I'm sorry to say this, that MUFON was also infiltrated <laughs> huh. and destroyed. Apparently, according to Cooper, MUFON is full of CIA agents who hmm. purposely, quote-unquote, lose hundreds of samples of physical evidence sent to MUFON each year. Oh. For example... Do you remember Gulf Breeze? Yeah. Our man Ed Walters running around in his underwear. All that blue goo. Uh-huh. Well, some of that blue goo was collected. 
and some of that blue goo was sent to MUFON for analysis. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Well, I'm so, hearing the allegations. Yeah, I'm hearing and yeah, listening. Oh, Henry, it's, I think you've dropped something here on the floor. Let me describe it. Oh, it's a badge. It says CIA. No. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. No, they Is test it for possible? weed. <laughs> oh, and we're going to address this. What I want to read right now is a passage from Behold a Pale Horse that specifically Uh-oh. calls out MUFON, and I'd like our very own VIP MUFON yes. investigator, Henry Zabrowski, to give a rebuttal. I'm this listening to your concerns. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to your uh-huh. concerns. Please. Here's what Bill Cooper wrote. The members of MUFON are told what to believe and what not to believe. Hmm. The members do not seem to know that they're being controlled. The members of the MUFON Board of Directors and the members of the Advisory Board of Consultants are for the most part supported by the government in the form of salaries, grants, or retirement checks. Okay. You have been a lot more money lately. So first thing, (laughs) I will say this. First of all, number one. Uh Uh-huh. I believe that this is a direct response to several ufologists calling Bill Cooper's Behold a Pale Horse. Their review of it was (laughs) technically the headline read, Behold a Pale Horse, more like Behold a Pale of Horse Shit, (laughs) which is true. That was Stan Freeman. Yeah, Stan Freeman. More like Behold a Pale of Horse Shit. You know that chapped his ass so hard. Made him really upset because he set himself up. Okay, so so he's angered with the people of MUFON. I I think he's angered Uh in general. I mean, Um, you have to address these allegations. I do believe that there are problems in the past. Uh, I will say the living situations of most of these UFO investigators is (laughs) sub-ideal. A lot of times they're living in, I don't know how to put it, they're living in a a car. They're living in a car. These people are not the most mobile. But I will say me. They are extremely mobile. They are very mobile. They're only mobile. Mm -hmm. They're never stationary. (laughs) But not much money, but not much gas money. Not money going going in and out. They keep a lot of receipts. Uh I will say... Whatever happened in the past is in the past. Mm-hmm. Sure. I apologize for the crimes to move on in the past. I'm going to go ahead and do that for them. Great. I'm oh. going to say now from going forward, me as a VIP investigator of MUFON, which I will eventually earn the actual title to, mm-hmm. I will, total transparency is the rule of the law. Uh-huh. I will document every single thing that I do. You will see my process. I tell no one what to believe. The newest newsletter of MUFON specifically said, be open to belief. So I think they're starting to change their their ways. Right. Uh, they, they, uh-huh. they, it's mostly uh, it's mostly user submitted in terms of like all the, the details. They have now a full online archive, which back in the Usenet days, they did not have. Uh-huh. So now I'm going to change it. I'm the one. I'm the guy from the inside. If Kissel's <laughs> going to be like a, a little Bill Clinton over here, but we never got the documents, did we? They wouldn't let Clinton. me on air fuck one. They said okay. I really with the vibe. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So at the end of the day, or as of 1991 at least, the Council on Foreign Relations and the Bilderberg Group and the Trilateral Commission. Which along- comes from, the Trilateral Commission's name comes from the Trilateral Insignia, which is on the flag that the aliens have on their ships. Mm-hmm. Okay. Along with Majesty 12, control all the alien technology given to us by the Ethereans and used that technology and all the clandestine operations that had to be done to keep it going to essentially take over the government. But the one thing I like about Bill Cooper is at the end of the secret government chapter, he fully admits that this could all be total bullshit, that he could be fed disinformation, but Mm. he still manages to tie it into a conspiracy. This is what he wrote. There is always the possibility that I was used that the whole alien scenario was the greatest hoax in history designed to create an alien enemy from outer space in order to expedite the formation of a one-world 
government. So none of it's real. Well, what they say is this, is that what it could possibly be is that all of this was an NWO storyline that was yeah. sold that in order to make the NWO actually finally happen is that using hologram technology, they will fake an alien invasion to bring all of the countries together. They yeah, also like gave it's us, pretty uh, much they stole it from Watchmen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Tupac. Uh, as well has been, uh, <laughs> he has been known to perform as a hologram. Buster uh-huh. Rhymes uh, was a huge proponent of Behold a Pale Horse. Gave a copy to CeeLo. Yeah, really. Yeah, he CeeLo who did. farted himself awake on a plane. Yes. <laughs> so isn't that interesting? Farted himself woke on a plane yeah. to the possibilities. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Well, I mean, Bill Cooper in the nineties. Sad to say, he recanted all of this. He did. All the alien stuff. Yeah, he he admitted in the nineties. Like this he, is the equivalent of the uh, what was that the tel- the television show Dallas. I'll just be in a snow globe. I feel. <laughs> I do feel no, a little a, bit. No, that's Saint elsewhere. Saint elsewhere. Saint elsewhere. I, I feel yeah, a yes. little bit. Uh, I feel a little deflated. But Dallas was also Patrick Duffy's dream. It was a dream. Yes, yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's so true. It's, yes. so it's yeah. not. Yeah, it's. Uh, but he did recant. He eventually came upon mm-hmm. the. Uh, the he he decided that all of this was disinformation. But it's like we were talking about with the Majestic Twelve disinformation campaign. All throughout this episode, we've been telling a lot of half-truths. Like, for example, like the biggest and most verifiable one is while the CIA may not have run drugs to fund alien technology projects, they were definitely running drugs to fund other projects. I mean, oh, they yeah. f- they Huge. flooded our inner cities with crack, and they used that money to fund other black projects. The, the CIA prison has, industrial complex. Oh, and the guess what? And, it's gone, and you don't think it has not it. gone com- further? That yeah. at this point in time, that they're so bloated, especially since there's so much uh, domestic uh, chaos. Mm-hmm. There's so much domestic chaos. You don't think the NSA and the CA right now are doing whatever the fuck it is they want to oh, do? Dude, they're crushing it. They have more power than ever before. Yeah, yeah they were just the given- so-called deep state that Donald Trump was against is doing better than ever. Yeah, and he's given him the power. Didn't he they? gave it yep. to him? Yeah, they, didn't have, he they get- have the war powers officially. They no longer have to check with the president. Yeah, it's when the they secret want government. They can use oh, it's drones very public, whenever they want. Whenever. It is not, and very- they're going to use it here in this country. Not to get too crazy, uh, L.A., Los Angeles just approved drones to be used, even though six to one the voters said they didn't want to have it in the emails that were sent. It wasn't even up for a vote, and it is a matter of time before they arm those drones, but that's a whole other story. Our cell phones, you already talked about how Facebook was essentially used to win the election. All of the metadata they already have, we we did the Fahrenheit 451 thing. We already did it. We gave them the keys. They didn't have to to show up with rifles in the streets because they already got us. Yeah, Facebook, our, our actual phone. Facebook uses geotag because you know when you talk about when people talk about it's like oh I was talking about this thing the other day uh, and it all you know and the, the advertisement started turning up they use geotagging to track where we're going and they know which locations we go to and they use that to target ads at us they already know where we are that explains why I, I get a lot of ham ads <laughs> a lot of ham just a lot of ham you wake up screaming ham, ham. I uh, no but it's true it's because they are like floating ads mm-hmm. they don't listen to us directly. But they can pick up keywords in our emails and the way we talk, and then there are floating ads that are set up, like in fucking Minority Report, and it's like you walk into them, mm-hmm. and then yep. they get pinged on your phone, and they show up in all your different social medias and all the different things over and over again. They already got us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But you just got to be aware of it. Yeah. Don't pay your taxes. You have to pay your taxes. You will go to prison. Yeah. Conspiracies do exist. There are a ton of conspiracies right now, and most of them are evil, and most of them are harmful. It's just that they're actually boring. They're well, nowhere near 
as good of a story as Bill Cooper makes it out to yep. be. Bill Cooper is just a super entertainer. He's better than Alex Jones, and he always yep. was. And the, and what I will say too, right now, it's like because all the kind of sex scandals that are happening in Hollywood and politics, how the way it's all coming together. I have a weird ultra theory that now what it is, it's conspiracy theory and stuff. I guess is more subtle, and that what you have is a bunch of the, the floating idea of the Illuminati using sex workers and black magic and using all this calling weird and a lot of uh, uh, sexual assault, you know, stuff like within their power games with the one they do it's almost like the elite of our world the super rich have absorbed these lessons subconsciously and are now like making the illuminati real even though it's not real yeah it's a uh, life imitates art yes it's like it's a it's a chicken and egg scenario where it's like they're acting like the illuminati well it's a it's chaos magic it's happening the, again and it's, again and like again these these things have been created through uh, our subconscious we we have created uh, these secret societies sure. From the secret, from believing in the secret society, they've also been created through gerrymandering, which I think is something we really have <laughs> to talk, do think about that, as well. Yeah. Well, that, well, that's, that, that's more congressional gridlock. Um, but. Gridlock. <laughs> All right. Well, Bill Cooper. I mean, a part of me does make. Uh, I, I get a little bit angry because it has led to a dumbing down of our American, the the people of the world. Oh yeah. Uh, unfortunately, because no, Bill oh, Cooper was con- the smart one in conspiracy theory, and from here it goes only down. It well, seems, that, but that's the problem with uh, with conspiracy thought. You know, you, you, it's yeah. they're very, very, very real. Conspiracy conspiracies out there mm. uh, and this this one like I said it's it's full of half truths it's, it's full yeah. of little it's things like they're like you know Nelson Rockefeller like Nel- the Rockefeller family did get Eisenhower elected there's like, a lot of that there's all of the super rich have been controlling things for a really long time but that's just how the world works mm-hmm. but I, it's not about this is the problem. It's like the internet. When I went to Epcot as a little kid, the internet meant I was supposed to be able to talk to a cute Asian girl, and we were all supposed to make Coke together, and it's supposed to be the night the Coca-Cola. The internet was supposed to bring us all together in theory, right? But instead, it's it's it just developed into a million niches that won't communicate yeah. with each other. Well, Where the, the conspiracy internet is just, theory, a, is just another uh, indication of how human beings are actually, how we actually how we think. interact. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but in conspiracy theory, what it should have done was teach us to question authority and do independent research and do it should have done that but instead what it does is close people off where it's to me it's like if you could learn more to read behold a pale horse and it's not taking each word for fucking the complete total truth it's understanding that there is so because there's so many ways to flip a scenario on either side you should start thinking about putting more perspectives into your life read conservative side of twitter read uh, read uh, newspapers from other countries and how they talk about us they get formulate a broader spectrum of perspectives so that you can see that you can see the truth is somewhere hazily in the middle. All right, well, let's wrap up. Bill Cooper, part two, unbelievable stuff. Very interesting guy. Yeah, love and, him. Uh, my goodness, love him. Love him so uh, much. Fun. Let's see here. What do we? I want to thank everyone who came out to the Bell House. We oh want to thank everyone who came out to the Bell House yeah. uh, for the New York City Comedy Festival. That was such an incredible night. Uh, it, was it was so, so much good fun. to be home and perform for everybody here. It's so it was great. It's been such a long time. It was awesome. I want to thank everyone who came out to vote on Tuesday. I got fifty one hundred votes. Yeah, so five thousand people who think I would be a great Brooklyn Borough President, and that was incredible. And uh, so meeting everyone has been so awesome. Two percent of Brooklyn, I own it. Well, one point eight. Round up. I was told I'm allowed to round up. 1.81. 1. 1.81% of Brooklyn. I own it. Um, so thank you all so much for participating. I uh, It was an awesome experience. And uh, let's see. What else do we want to do? We, we got Omaha think? coming up. Omaha week? coming up. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Omaha. We got, we we got, a, second, any... we got a second show added to Omaha. So those, and I think that's still available for tickets, Tickets right? are still on sale. Yeah, there's not that many left. But okay. we've still got tickets on sale uh, for Omaha. So definitely oh get those God. soon because it's the, the trend yep. has been when we 
do two shows, usually they both sell out. So yep. definitely get your tickets for that. And, and, and it's the, our last show of it, this man. tour. Uh, it. So uh, just come check us out. Watch us be weary and hammered. It's <laughs> it's going to be, be incredible. It's <laughs> going to I can't believe it, guys. Yeah. We're on to our last show of the year. We've had such a crazy year and, and I just want to say meeting everyone on these live shows has just been such an awesome experience. Yeah. So thank you all who have come out and again, yeah, come out to Omaha and thanks everyone who participates and uh and provides support with Patreon. Yes, thank you very much. If you guys uh want to uh contribute to our Patreon, you go to patreon.com/lastpodcast on the left. Thank you so much to everybody uh who gave uh and who still gives every month. Uh we couldn't tell you guys how much it means Thank to us. You. It means so much to us. Uh, and uh, follow us on Twitter at Henry Loves You, at Marcus Parks, at Ben Kissel. Follow I came us. back to Twitter. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> come back. Yeah, horrible time to come back to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Um, That's all right. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Dr. Fantasty, at Marcus Parks, at Ben Kissel, the number That's one. It? And follow us on all the bullshits at LP on the left. That's it. And we got a lot of fun news coming up here. And I say, and I mean fun. Yeah. When <laughs> I say fun, I mean, I mean fun uh, news. And it's not just uh, kind of fun. It's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. It's just yeah. total fun. Full fun. Full fun. Full not fun. kind of fun. Uh, LPN Network, Abling and Top Hat, everything political, um, page seven. We got a lot of things we're figuring out of the network. It's going to be a great 2018. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to uh, continue um, to grow and all be together. Take the address numbers off your house. Well, that is. Throw <laughs> your cell that phone good. into the ocean. Uh, then they can't looking, listen to the show. I don't know what to say. <laughs> we technically need everyone to have a smartphone. No one can be on the grid anymore. That is true. That, that we have been faced with quite a dilemma here. One yes. day I We're will be off you the know, grid. Just get, just get off of Facebook. How's about that? Let's just let's all agree to get off of Facebook. And you know what we should do? We should start recording the shows on vinyl. Yes. <laughs> Super vinyl. Zeppelin. But how are they going to order that? Maybe mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. on the street okay, so corner of White okay. and Eighth. So here's, here's what it is. We'll record all of our shows on the vinyl. We'll put ads in local newspapers there to let you know that we're coming to your town to do a live show and you gotta come to the live show and also to listen to buy our episode. Henry will be in Union Square screaming for an hour every Thursday. I sure swear to, catch it. to God I will leave the grid at some point. I will be gone. <laughs> I will be gone in hour. Wait. Um, all right everyone. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail gain. Hail me. McCoostalations. You don't pay your taxes. You have to pay your taxes. You have to.